The scripture reading for today's message comes from Luke, chapter 6, verses 27 to 38. But I say to you that, listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you, and if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do credit to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies, do good, and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Maybe see. The spring day, 1998, a few miles west of Jonesboro, a place called Westside. Two boys that were not involved in any school activities and one a self-proclaimed bully. Killed four little girls and a 32-year-old teacher. Miss McElroy was a member of the Catholic Church there in Wiener. Methodist Church was here. Catholic Church was here. I think the same people built them. They look, they look an awful lot alike, except we had a basement and they didn't. When that news broke, it was all that, that we could do to keep Miss McElroy. See, that was her granddaughter. Paige was her granddaughter. To keep her sons, they loaded their rifles and their shotguns and was on their way to Jonesboro. What, a, what an awful, horrific day. That was. Two kids. Two kids. Let's pray. Lord, for this day, we give you thanks. We pray as your church that you would open our hearts and our minds to your word. 
Help us, Lord, because they're tough scriptures to not sidestep and pick and choose. Help me to get out of your way so that your people might hear a word from you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray together. Amen. You talking about someone turning the world upside down. Jesus did it. Freddie Lou just read scriptures to us that, that threaten, maybe not all of them, but threaten the very way that we live. For this, Jesus said, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone strikes you on the, on the cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone takes your coat, give them your shirt. Give to everyone who asks. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is it to you? Even sinners do that, Jesus said. And if you lend to those whom you expect repayment, what credit? Is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. Do good to them. And lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Jesus doesn't stop there. He tells us why that we're to do those things. Why the church, why Christian people, why you and I are to live our lives that way. He says this. He said, then your reward will be great. And you will be sons and daughters of the Most High. Because God is kind to the ungrateful and to the wicked. That rocks our world. Think about the questions that the crowd must have had that day when Jesus was teaching this. In your own mind, think of the questions and the, and the, the roadblocks that you've already thrown up around yourself when the scripture was read this morning. Think about it. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you won't be judged. Do not condemn, you won't be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. There's a generosity of spirit in Jesus' teaching and in his life. Can't you see it? Forgive those who hurt you. Give to everyone who asks of you. Love those who hate you. Be merciful. Do not pass judgment. Talk about questions. But get this, there was a woman who was brought to Jesus who had been caught in the very act of adultery. <clears throat> There's no question about it. The law of Moses said, you stone that woman, you kill her. You stone that woman. What Jesus say? 
Let him who is without sin, Jesus said, go ahead and cast the first stone. Y'all remember how many rocks were thrown that day? That's right. That's right. A Pharisee invited Jesus to have dinner with him. A woman who had lived a sinful life invited herself to the Pharisee's house, bringing an alabaster jar of perfume. Her tears fell on Jesus' feet. She wiped them with her hair. Then she kissed his feet and poured perfume on them. And this Pharisee, like many of us, this Pharisee was offended. He was offended. He said if this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman that she was. Jesus answered the, the Pharisee with this parable. Two men owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him a great deal, the other much less. He canceled, he canceled the debts of both. Now he asked, which of them will love him more? The Pharisee was weighing the woman's past. Jesus was weighing her potential. Big difference. Big difference. Jesus knew that generosity could heal that which condemnation could not. Generosity can heal. Condemnation never will. A generous spirit. Sometimes you and I use the word mercy. We see it in everything that Jesus did. His compassion for the sick and the sinner. We see it over and over and over. His gentleness with children. Even as he hung on Golgotha's cross, we see the generosity that he expressed to a dying thief in Luke's gospel. According to Luke. And we need to know that, that this generosity was out of step with the world in which Jesus lived. To have mercy was a sign of weakness. That culture, they admired justice, courage, discipline. They had no use for compassion and mercy and generosity of spirit. As one of the Roman philosophers said, mercy is a disease of the soul. This view was reflected by their culture. For example, their attitude toward slaves. Slaves were, were like living tools and, and were treated in a very impersonal way. If an owner grew tired of his slaves, he could send them to the arena for an evening meal for the lions. If a slave grew too old to work, he could be disposed of like a broken hammer or a plow. Jesus was out of step with the time in which he lived. And he's out of step in our time too. Here's what I, I mean by that. There's a meanness of spirit. There's a meanness of spirit that marks many people in our time. Even many of them call themselves Christians. Our attitudes, for instance, toward the poor, toward the weak, toward the prisoner, 
toward the person held captive by sin are totally out of sync with what Jesus taught us in the church today. And that is sad. There's healing and generosity. Jesus told a parable. A father had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. Well, you all know the rest of the story. We call it the, the parable of the prodigal son. Actually, we should call it the parable of the compassionate father, the loving father, the generous father. A BBC TV documentary from the, from the 70s had as its theme a daily diary of a drug addict. This addict had been chosen by the TV station at random. Two years later, a second documentary did a follow-up on the same addict. They wanted to find out how he was doing. The treatment this addict received was so successful that he wanted his buddy, a former or another addict, and they said, we'll call his name Bob, also a hardened addict. He wanted him to be treated, but you see, Bob didn't want to have anything to do with it. He didn't want to have anything to do with his treatment. He didn't want to be cured. Bob had had a, a complex family history. His parents divorced when he was two years old. And he was handed over to others in a series of foster homes. He never saw his dad again. Then one day... Bob's father did knock on Bob's door and told him, said, I've been looking for you for 20 years. He said, come go home with me. Bob's dad was dismayed to find that he was a, a junkie living in a squalor. But he invited him, his son, only asking him, he asked him this, to try to get off of the drugs. That's what he asked him. It was the fastest cure of all the patients in that particular program, according to Bob's doctor. And said his doctor, Bob never looked back. There's a healing in generosity, compassion, mercy, and forgiveness. If Bob's father had not overlooked his son's condition, he was a drug addict. He was living... In a squalor, if he had not overlooked his son's condition, Bob would have never made it back home. Generosity is the mark of a redeemed heart. That's what Jesus is trying to say to us. If you only love those who love you, Jesus says, what credit is that to you? What have you done? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that? Even sinners do that. We think the difference between the redeemed and the sinner is righteousness. Well, it's not. The difference between the redeemed and the sinner is mercy and compassion and generosity. A story is told one day of a beggar on the roadside asking for alms from Alexander the Great as he was passing by. Alexander threw the man several gold coins. 
one of his servants, Alexander's servants, he was astonished. As a matter of fact, it made him mad that Alexander, of Alexander's generosity. And he said, your highness, copper coins would have adequately met the beggar's need. Why did you give him gold? Alexander's response in royal fashion was this. Copper coins would suit the beggar's needs. I know that. But gold coins suit Alexander's giving. You see, generosity says more about the giver than the one who receives it. We don't know. I don't know. I don't have a clue about the heart of the adulterous woman. I have no idea. But you and I do know Jesus' heart. Do we not? We know Jesus' heart. Generosity is the mark of a redeemed heart. You see, the person who knows that he or she has been redeemed by the generosity of God, then we're able, when you understand that, when you understand that you have been redeemed, when I have been redeemed, then we're able to be generous toward others. Jesus told another parable about a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. A servant who owed the king about a gazillion dollars, for instance. You know? The servant couldn't pay such a vast sum, so the master ordered that the servant, his wife, his kids, and all be sold to repay the debt. His whole family. His whole family. The servant fell on his knees before his master and said, be patient with me, he begged. And I'll pay you back everything. The servant's master looked on him with pity and canceled the debt and let him go. And let him go. And like I said, he owed him a gazillion dollars. But when the servant went out, when the servant went out, one of his fellow servants this second fellow owed him like a hundred dollars. That's the difference. And a gazillion and a hundred. He grabbed his fellow servant by the neck and he was choking him. Pay back what you owe me. His fellow servant fell on his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the entire debt. Well, too bad for the first guy because when other servants saw what had happened, they went to the master, and they were really upset with this dude. Then the master called the servant in and said, here's what he said to him, you wicked servant. I canceled the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? And the answer, of course, is what? Yes. Yes. Forgive as we have been forgiven. And there's where you and I are today. Heaven, as Mark Twain said, goes by favor. If it went by merit, you would stay out and your dog would go in. A few years ago in a small town of Palm Bay, Florida, they experienced a community trauma. 
A crazed alcoholic filled his pockets with high-powered ammunition, took a semi-automatic rifle. He walked into a crowded shopping center and started killing people at random. By the time he was finally chased into a grocery store where he held a young woman hostage for several hours before the police talked him down, and he gave up. He had killed six people, wounded dozens. Emotions ran high. One of the ladies killed was a 68-year-old saint who worked in the church nursery. People were confused. What role did justice play here? Forgiveness. Each person had to arrive at their own conclusion. But Sandy Thompson, the daughter of the slain woman, the nursery worker, her daughter, made a deliberate decision not to hate. If I hate him, she told her pastor, I'm also a murderer. She said, Jesus said, do not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. He also said, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbors and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Therefore, said Sandy Thompson, I have no choice but to love and to forgive the man who murdered my mother. I don't, I have not talked to Miss McAvoy. Gosh, I guess it's been 20 years. I don't know how she and her sons and the little Catholic church that we had there in Wiener, how they have processed and where they are with this killing at Westside that took Miss McElvoy's granddaughter. I don't know. I can't, I can't tell you that. I don't know what's going to go on in St. Louis. What the vote's going to be. I've, I've been asked a lot what I think about it. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I can't tell you. The one thing I can tell you is that God is still God. And he's still on the throne. Jesus came with a very, very generous heart and left the crowd with many, many questions, just as he does you and me today. Will he find faith when he returns for his church? Thanks be to God. Amen.